That's never creaked before. I'm literally wearing socks. Why are my footsteps making noises? This fog can't be good for the equipment. I can barely see the controls. Danielle. Yeah, Paul, can you turn on the lights? Deadlines are dooming. Let's go. Who are you talking to, Danielle? You, dummy. No, you aren't. Eek! Where art thou? Where art thou? The office is haunted. What you talking about? Uh, well, it's haunted. I came in. The door was creaky. Mm-hmm. There was the fog everywhere. Okay. It was eerie. Yeah. There was the demon voice of the dude uh-huh. and saying things to me and told yeah. he knew who I was. And I hmm. thought it was you, but it wasn't because then yeah. you walked in the door. And mm-hmm. then uh, here we are. Is that it? Yeah, pretty much. All right, pack up all your stuff. We're getting the hell out of here. We're never coming back. Oh, but what about the equipment? Forget the equipment. We'll get new equipment. We'll start a whole new podcast somewhere else. We don't need it. This is 100% my fault, and I'm sorry. I pressed the phantom power button last night. I should have totally Googled it, and I did not, and here we are. That's not how it works. It says phantom power button. That's not how that that works. How does it work? Well, anyway, we'll just get someone to come in and fix it. Let's call someone here. Who are you going to call? Troy Hoori. I ain't afraid of no ghosts. Apparitions, Paul. Apparitions. Apparitions, yeah, I know. It just feels so cold. Do you feel that presence? It's like cold and dark and lonely. Paul, it's me. And evil and like it has like 12 cats and has been single for a long time. Paul. <laughs> it's probably also me. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Okay. Anyway, I'm going to go call him now. Yeah. Get Can this, you work it? Yeah, I got this machine working. Hello. Hi, Danielle. It's Troy. Hi, Troy. How are you? Okay, you? Good. Hi, Troy. It's Paul. Okay. All right. (laughs) (laughs) You could start with the cackle. That would be hilarious. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So our first question that we ask all of our guests is, who is Troy Hoori? All right. Well, I'm a uh, stenographer and installation artist, and I have had a practice of performance design for about uh, 25 years now. I was based in New York for quite a while, and about oh, 10 years ago now, I did a second master's degree and began working in installation art, uh, mostly with a media-based focus. Uh, I work internationally, um, doing shows in New York and most recently did a big art installation in Portugal. Oh, nice. Wow. So what kind of installations are you building? Well, they're all what I've termed these performative installations. They are long-term projects. They're sort of like as a, as a designer, I had a mad, I've sort of kept like a, a memory book or something that you might call um, uh, pieces or ideas that I always thought that I would want to tackle. And so there's a probably a list of 12 of those that I want to do. And so I've, I've completed one called Apparitions, and I'm currently, begin, I've just begun the second one called Freaks. And so within these, they, they combine a number of things. As, a, as an artist, I'm looking at investigating the ideas of intermediality, wonder, cabinets of wonder, spectatorship and immersion. So all of these pieces sort of take historical devices of wonder and and perceptive tools to sort of manipulate the experience of of a viewer, um, uh, encouraging sort of an active participation in viewing experiences. So they vary. Um, Most of them are sort of esoteric, actually, so far. So the first one was called Apparitions, and, and it was based on an opera called Turn of the Screw, 
And in that piece, I embodied this character that had died named Quint, and he had, he is haunting two of his prior wards. It was a five-year project that I started in, I think, the Netherlands, and then I, I workshopped it in the Netherlands, then moved it to Finland and did a workshop there. And this past fall, no, last fall, I I mounted the, the, the final incarnation of it here, in, actually in Aurora. And so within those pieces, there's a big art installation. It's very sort of tactile. People can touch things and interact with them. There are sensors and such, and they make things live. And, uh, and during these exhibitions, I often will have performances where I, as the creative, go in and manipulate space and sort of animate space and encourage more, even more spectatorship. So, uh, yeah, no, that's it. That's not just. <laughs> that's it. Not that sounds it. kind that's of amazing. I've been trying just, to think of questions to respond here. I know. What is an object of wonder? Okay, so objects of wonder. There's a, a, an amazing book called um, Devices of Wonder. It was written oh, by Barbara Stafford, and they've been around since the, you know the beginning of time, really. I mean, anything that causes people to to, to create awe. So uh, there's a there's a tool called a stereoscope and. Like the most oh, common yeah. one that I would 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 bring up would be the stereoscope, which was like a viewing device that was invented in the 1300s. But it's actually the predecessor of what we now call like the, the what are those viewmaster or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. The well, yeah. yeah. I got a bunch of those at yeah. home, the old ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so you're getting to look into these worlds that you don't get to look at. That's what they were at that time, right? And immerse a viewer into things that they hadn't seen. So now we use technology to do the same thing. And so I combine these historical devices of wonder with new technology to try to to create the same sort of awe and wonder that people experienced when when these things were first invented. So um, so you, you mentioned that you also, like for apparitions, you participate in that installation. Does your audience... Do they know that going into it that that it is interactive like that and that you're actually participating? Well, the, the, yeah, they gen generally. I mean, I I think people who know me and know my work they do, but I think that it's actually kind of fun to to let them be surprised. So in apparitions, there's actually a part of that installation where I sort of had a dressing room and I sat in stillness. And when I did it the very first time <laughs> in Finland. I actually, we presented it to a bunch of four to eight-year-old Finnish kids, and, and they came into the space, and, and what was kind of fun was the very first three that came in didn't notice, because I'm very still, I had, I've done some Bouteau, so they, 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 I was very still, and they didn't notice me, and then when I moved a little bit, it made these, four bo these three boys scream, and then they went out <laughs> to tell their kids that I, had, I was there, and then it became this game of like, can you make this got this this character do something right. and so I, it became this game so, after that so, yeah how yeah. how hard was it to stay in character <laughs> or it did well, it, it like pushy more yeah yeah they have to push but but you know it, it what you know within that tradition it's it's it, you know it, it mostly ends ends up in laughter. It doesn't end up in anything more than that. But yeah. but 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 because I'm the creator, what I can do as 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 the artist is that if people are not engaging with space with the space and with the the visuals that are presented, then I can if I just go and stare at an object, actually people follow me, right? So so it's sort of a way of making that go further. And I took that to a further state when I did this recent. Um, Freaks project in, Port in, in Portugal. So, 
That's really interesting because like you can almost because you're also actively participating in your installation, you can kind of manipulate the audience to do what you want them to do. Is that right? Like potentially, potentially, yeah. And most of the time, you kind of do, yeah, yeah. Like lead them around say. or shepherd them to uh, an outcome. Yeah, uh, I, I, yeah. You you can attempt to do so, and then it becomes it actually ends up being sort of like it's almost like a conversation you have because I never talk, right? So right. it becomes a conversation where you know that's just about movement, and you know they may not be interested, right? So then you move on and you do something else. Yeah, so, keep yeah. trying until something works. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like us here. Yeah. Um, so good. what about like language and cultural? barriers you might be coming up towards um does it translate well yeah. across the board well well some i mean so far that hasn't really been an issue because most of it is about like a, a, a lot of my work is an obsession with going back and remembering you know fears and dreams and nightmares from childhood and then bringing mm. those to life really so so there is a commonality and experience that brings uh, an ease to some of it. And, you know, when I did apparitions, most people get very engaged because it's like kind of creepy and odd and they may or may not remember. Like I had a, a collection of creepy dolls in that one. I had a, oh, a wow. tiny, a tiny um, uh, riding horse for children in that. Oh, Does it, it like rock, rock by itself? <laughs> Yeah, that kind of thing. And so there's this, like, they, they associate themselves with that. So that helps. Um, in terms of the language thing, what, what I found that the very first time I did an international residency was in Portugal in this tiny, tiny town. And um, they had put me into a glass house in the middle of town square. And I didn't speak Portuguese and very few in this town spoke English because it was very much not not kept up with technology there. They they, they were live, still living off the land. So so that what ended up being the tool was actually going on and going, oh, I can talk to them on Google Translate. So a lot of the kids and stuff and I would began using um, the computer to talk when we needed to. And and so there's there's many ways of, of uh, with with technology now and just this simply with with means of working. Um, uh, many of those kids ended up staying with me. Uh, like I was there for two months and I, I think that three or four of them were there almost every day for that time period. Um, and I was teaching them how to paint and, and make puppets and all these different things. Well, I was also learning their culture at the same time. So. Mm. Now, how big is yeah. apparitions? Is it like a room or a yeah, hallway? I'm and picturing you're just, like a yeah. full house almost like, I, yeah. Well, yeah, it was kind of a full house. It was multi-leveled and it had three experiences inside of it. And that particular piece was built like a haunted house. I did a cool. Victorian styled minimalist thing with a bunch of columns and a, and, a, and a peaked roof and lots of decorative details on it that then was just encased in um, a gauzy lace material that I that I put and then all the objects of wonder were inside of that. So That's that cool. particular piece was based on my on one of my favorite operas and yeah. so now freaks is based on a penny dreadful story that create that 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 led to the sweeney todd story and so it's all it's all sort of like yeah it's just things that i've always been interested in so mm -hmm. and then when i look at them again the way to look at them so that you can have potentially an, uh, uh be able to share it with others in some way is is going back to childhood because childhood experiences are yeah. very similar for many people so Sure. Now, yeah. Apparitions is an installation piece with you being involved, and Freaks yeah. is more of a puppetry show? No, well, no. I'm avoiding the word puppet because it's actually an inter-arts project, and okay. so we did create 
oddity dolls, which is a form that we, you know, I worked with a puppeteer to build them, but the okay. way that I use them isn't puppetry. So th- th- there were three cabinets of wonder and four oddity dolls. And in that piece, I am in it the whole time. Okay. And of course, it's about Sweeney Todd. There's a demon barber and this crazy woman in Mrs. Lovett, who in the in the short story, actually, she's they, they describe her as like buxom and very desirable to men and then there's Joanna who is Sweeney Todd's daughter and she's caged she's got she's been caged up and trapped she's sort of crazy a little bit and there's a song that she sings called Little Bird so she's actually a bird doll and then then there's Tobias who is like Sweeney Todd's like manservant and but all the all the oddity dolls are actually built from furniture pieces and creepy dolls so Sweeney Todd is like a ventriloquist doll's head and then a bunch of pieces from furniture I, I actually brought one of my students from here at Guelph to Portugal, and oh. and in that piece, I I commissioned a composer and a clowning expert, and then myself, and we all went, and and then my friend who's a puppeteer, and we went into a space, and we just animate space. Um, it's based on Calder Circus, and in that piece, he was an artist that went in and, and he had created this wonderful, playful piece called the Circus, and in that, there's a film where he is as the creator goes in and just plays with everything so basically i took that idea and i'm applying it to my own work and i animate the space for 35 minutes and there's not really a storyline but there sort of is and then once i finish that i actually make the audience come into the space and then they are encouraged to interact with everything and as they interact with um objects each of us the composer you know the musician uh, myself the video person and the clown we all sort of react to what they're doing and then encourage something else so it became sort of a second piece where you know everyone gets to sort of make their own story up within yeah a different outcome for sure every time yeah. yeah. Now yeah. you said so you could bring this anywhere. Is it like on the back? Like I'm picturing it's in like one of those old timey stagecoach wagons, drawn around well, on horses, think, yeah. and the lid falls off, and you guys pop out. <laughs> yeah. No, you could you could do that. I'm looking at I'm 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 mostly trying to put this into art galleries. Okay. And so there's likely a, a tour next summer in, that will go to through Berlin and um, more of Portugal, and then. Um, I'm going to bring it across the pond. Everything that I built, I was going to do two versions, one for North America and one for that, that side of the pond. But cool. what we built was so magical that I'll ship it over here. And the final goal is that that will go to the freak show down in Coney Island. So, Oh, um, cool. Oh, awesome. wow. Yeah. Why do I feel like that's yeah. so fitting for a location for that? I don't know. Yeah. Well, I was all inspired by that. I'm friends mm-hmm. with the freaks down there. So I lived oh. down there and it's a whole part of my world. Very cool. Yeah. What have been some of your favorite reactions from your audience? Well, there, there's a couple of them. Like for apparitions, what was one of the best things is I left a guest book to let people comment. And oh. one of the people said, oh, this is totally uncalled for and, <laughs> and a horrible experience. And I thought that was the best That's comment. That's the best one. That's what I'm like. Because it you made them upset. And I'm like, there you go. But then but then actually what's more magical to me is this I uh, like reaching to 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 engage and create wonder for people. So with the freaks part project, uh we thought initially that because it's such a dark um piece, you know, thematically that that children wouldn't necessarily be able to handle it, but we actually had quite a few kids and I, there are quite a few photos of of me playing with the oddity dolls with the kids that are like just 
incredible just like seeing them look at these things that are kind of scary looking yeah. and actually just playing with them as if they're a normal doll right so to me yeah and that piece all started as a workshop here at Guelph hey so I did a workshop at the art gallery at Guelph last fall yeah so it started here I definitely have an issue with uh, porcelain dolls. <laughs> it's not for you. Home. And there's a running joke at the house. There's like a really small kind of cabbage patchy style one where uh-huh. they have a tendency to move it around the house. Oh my God. <laughs> and it shows up in the worst possible place. And you hear someone shriek when they, when they see it. What is it about dolls that we find so disturbing sometimes? It's one of those ones that the eyes close when you lie down oh, too. Yeah. I don't know. It's never been a thing. I've never really had a clown thing or a fear of much of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the dolls. No, same. Were. I used to have porcelain dolls when I was like small and I had to get my mom to hide them in my closet because I couldn't look at them. Yeah. Because their eyes were just beady and glassy and they freaked me out. How about you, Troy? There you go. What what frightened you I, as a child? I, I collect them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, not not much, my friend, no. quite honestly. So yeah, not much. I, I always I like Friday the thirteenth and all those horror movies I just laugh at. The only thing I can remember that I was scared of was in Poltergeist that priest character. Oh yes. Yeah, oh, on movies though. Do you have a favorite movie? Uh, what inspires you or inspired you? Uh, I don't know that I have a favorite movie. I don't a know genre? that I do, actually. Would it be horror? Well, like, City of Lost Children is in there, for Love sure. Love that. Yeah, all the delicatessen, all that, that period in the, mm. the, I think that was the 80s, wasn't it? Yeah. That all those movies came French out. French, too? Yeah. Is it, that is a yeah, French yeah, yeah. film, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I really enjoyed Yeah, that. it is French, but it's just, yeah, all that stuff that came out at that time period. There was a whole bunch of those kinds of movies that were just... Yeah, they were foreign and you couldn't understand half of it, but the visuals in it were just Visual amazing. So. I got a weird one for you. What's your favorite rom-com? <laughs> what the heck is a rom-com? Oh, <laughs> romantic comedy. Oh, those. I don't know. You got one that you secretly like. I know. You know what? One of the most magic. I, I still love watching Under the Tuscan Sun. If that oh, great movie. Oh, fantastic movie. Yeah. Mine's 10 Things I Hate About yeah. You. Mine's probably Serendipity. It's because, it, uh, it's because of the whole, it's the, the whole romanticism of like these, that, that part of Europe, yeah. you know, like I, it, it, it reminds me of Portugal For and sure. how much I love Portugal. I was just going to say, do you, um, do you choose to go, because you've said now that you've gone to Portugal a couple times to do installations? Yeah, this is my, that, this is my seventh trip to Portugal wow. in, in five years. So do they yeah. contact you or do you contact them? Well, I was, the first time was, was I, I never traveled there. So I, I was going to do an artist residency. So I chose to go okay. there. And then that, that town that I was in commissioned me a year later to do a couple of public artworks. And then during that time, I met a number of people. And so the puppeteer here that I that I'm working with on Freak he had actually read about me in the the newspapers and wrote me and asked if he could come hang out so he came and hung out for three days so I like there's two things about my practice that are very important is this sort of discovery of wonder but also this idea of of collaborating with both next gen but also people who are not not North American so I'm trying to do global work that I'm quite established in my career and so there's this time to share and it was even before i started teaching every project will always have a mixture of collaborators for sure going into that what are you looking for from the people are you looking to shock them i know you say the wonder or Mm -hmm. what are you trying to do nope there's a whole line of thinking about um what uh, you know spectatorship and this this whole frustration that i have with like technology and people being on their phones (laughs) and you know i'm becoming part of that too but all that sort of like 
banal, unconnected world that uh, it, it's frustrating to me. So for me, I, I read about this, and I don't remember who the theorist is, but there are six levels of participation in viewing art and, and theater. And there's everything from the person who is, they, they call them an, uh, what was the word that's the first one? Uh, inactive, like a completely un, uninterested and hard to engage person who, you know, it's like the husband who comes to the art gallery, but never looks at anything all the way to the person who comes. Yeah. (laughs) All the way to the person who's very informed and goes to a piece because they know the person's work Mm. and they observe it in a very analytical way. And so I'm reaching to find a way to engage uh, both the, the, the younger generation that we're teaching these days all the way to, you know, to the older generation who really doesn't look at the kind of work that I do generally in a, a fond light, you know. So it's really, it's just about making people engage and viewing things, you know, not just going past things. It's like when I lived in New York, you know, they always say nobody looks up, right? And that's such an important thing to do. I recently just had a friend pass um, from cancer and for the last two months of her life, every night almost, she she said, uh, at 5.15 or, you know, whenever the sun was going down, she'd go, look west. And that was her whole thing. And so, you know, the night she died, the whole community of us that knew her all were looking west. Which was, oh, my goodness. You know, so that's that kind of, now that, that's yeah. what I believe in. Yeah, yeah. So that's the kind of experience that I, I just want people to be more live and attentive, you know. Yeah. It doesn't matter what people think of things to me. I just as long as they think. That's a, yeah, that's I like. I like that. Now, inspiration. Where's it all coming from? Movies, music, books, your your dreams. A lot of it comes. A lot of it, like I said, it's all. It's everything. I mean, mostly I I respond to music a lot. I would say that's a big part of it. And so, creating music that feels a certain way. The composer on Freaks actually made music as I was staging things, so he was reacting wow. to. Oh, that's cool. The way I was. I was working, yeah, rather than going in and having music played. But it was all based on, like, you know, each character as they moved, we sort of had set a melody beforehand that that represented them, and then we just played with that throughout the piece. What piece of music um, wakes you up and kind of uh, inspires you? Uh, There's always everybody. So, like, makes you dance in your mind. Well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a big Philip Glass person. So, yeah, I think that's that's the stuff for me. So Nice, nice. Yeah. Yeah. No, Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah. Billie Atonal, Eilish. crazy. Yeah. Huh? Taylor Swift, Billie Eilish. No. Man, no, no, Sam no, no, no. Me either. No, no, <laughs> no, no. On the theme of apparitions and spooky stuff, uh, do you have any ghost stories? Like real ones? Like real ones? <laughs> well, the only, there is one that is kind of silly, but one of the fears that I had, when, one of the dreams I had constantly when I was a kid and actually, it's part of what's led to a couple projects. Um, I have like three minutes that I have to go. Mm. So I'll just, I'll tell this story and then I'll have to No go. worries. Um, so when I was a child, I had a recurrent dream about being in my childhood bed and I was in a space that had a very raked ceiling, a very angled ceiling and a, a window that was low and, um, near the floor and these Punch and Judy dolls would come out and they would uh, attack me and kill me. So, oh my gosh. Why do you so have this dolls happened now? for years and years. Huh? <laughs> why do you still yeah, have the no, dolls? There you go. <laughs> so, so what happened was when I went to undergrad, I rented this apartment in, I think, my second year. And it was in the top floor of a Victorian house. And I went to bed the first night in my childhood bed in an angled ceiling with a low window. 
and uh, you know for the first you know I think it was the first three weeks I kept the knife under the bed. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I keep a yeah. couple of them. That's yeah. Cool. Awesome. All right. I have a million more questions, okay, but cool. we know you got to go. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but Sorry. thank you so yeah, much for talking with us. That was awesome. Um, we really appreciate okay. you taking the time to hang out. All right. Be well. Yes. You as well. Cheers. See you soon. Thanks. Bye, Troy. See you soon. Did I say that? No, I said that. <laughs> see you soon. Well, yeah, we do see them soon. Like, we see them around campus. Um, I really wanted more ghost stories, though. Do you have a ghost story? I have two, and I always chalk them up to just coincidence, and my brain was being funny and stuff like that. But the first was that I was leaving work one time when I was in high school, and I was waiting for a ride, and no one else was around the store, and there was no one around, and I was outside, and I- What store? I used to work at Canyon Tire in high school. Yeah, yeah buddy. Um, and I remember being outside. I was the last to leave. And uh, I remember hearing someone said my name. And so I turned around. But like no one, no one was even close to being around. But I heard my name so distinctly that I did physically turn around. Because I was like, and I started to go say what? And that's how clearly I heard my name. And that's like sticks out in my mind. How was it said? Danielle. Like not even like creep, not even like whispery like that. Like I remember it being fair, like pretty distinct and pretty, pretty clear. Danielle. Yeah. It, it almost sounded like Danielle. Like, and I was like, what? And like, no one, like there was like the whole like, lot was dead. Just no, nothing. Okay, okay. And then my second one was that I was, Could uh, have been a bird. Right. I was like, you know what? Maybe Danielle, it was the wind. Danielle. Maybe it was just my head. Maybe I hear my own name in my head sometimes. I don't know. I believe you. Yeah. And then my second one. I didn't get goosebumps. So it wasn't a ghost story. Oh, Sorry. Uh, <laughs> the second one was, I was just in my room one time and I was just I was just going to bed. I think I had just like turned my laptop off and uh, all of a sudden my light just turned on. Like the whole, like I've never had that happen before. I've never had it happen since. Mm -hmm. Literally just turned on. And I was like, okay, that's great. I'm not going to sleep now. And that's so why I went to go turn it off. But like this, it was so weird. Like I don't understand how that happened because like, Anyway, but I'm just like, maybe there's maybe like, like a this half, squirrel. You know, like sometimes. In this, sometimes, but I like very rarely does that old happen. Old house, knob and tube? No, not even. Not even that old. So I don't know. Those Did are the, the only situations. physically? No. Well, I don't know. It might have, but I didn't see it. Yeah. But okay. I I just, it, I've never had, I've had lights like flicker or I've had them, you know, mm -hmm. turn off maybe because of like it blew a circuit or something, but never have it, has, have I had a light turn on and yeah. stay on. Yeah. Oh, we've had, uh, see now. Uh, so yeah, it was. What real. do you got? No, your stories are. Oh God! Oh God! <laughs> I don't know if that's good or not. No, it was. Uh, yeah, no, I've had a lot of like things turn on and off. But then again, you don't know if it's real now. No, I know. Like and I wonder if my mind was playing tricks on me. I, right? Or, yeah, I was like, like, what was wrong with my brain? Like, did I imagine it? So yeah, that's why I, I've got a couple good ones. What you got? Um, there's two. There's one. Actually, there's witnesses kind of to both of them. Okay. Um, I feel like you have good ones. I feel like you may have a bunch of them. Good yeah. Okay. So one is, uh, yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know. Well, there's one with a girlfriend I was dating at a time, and one where we're going out. 
uh, a friend of mine, uh, we're going up north the next day. Okay. So we went and crashed at his house. It was just him and I at his house, and we we're going to leave at 6.30 in the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, so his bedroom was downstairs. I slept in the guest room upstairs, actually, on Fairview Road, where uh, just oh, down yeah. the street from here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, we're crashing. So we went to bed at, like, midnight, knowing we had to be up at 6. Sure. Early. Yeah. You know, when you're younger. <laughs> um, so I was crashing in that bed, and it was at the time David Letterman was on TV, and there's, like, one of those little old transistor TVs. Yep. Uh, so I just turned on. I was watching like some David Letterman before I go. I just, I thought it was a neat little machine. Mm-hmm. And um, the door was open a little bit. Uh, so I was watching the show and I heard steps come up the stairs and down the hallway. And okay. I thought it was my buddy Yan trying to do something to me that I wouldn't know during the trip tomorrow. So when we showed up the next day in the cottage and everybody was there, I'd have something written on my face sure, or yeah, do something, know, shave an eyebrow or something. Yeah, what we used to do stuff, to each other. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I turned off the TV mm-hmm. um, and because I wanted to do something, probably punch him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, Get him uh, back immediately. So I heard him closer. The door was open probably a couple inches. Yep. Uh, not that much, but you could see the light of the hallway or the kitchen coming in a little bit. And um, I heard him. And uh, you know when you lie there and your eyes look like they're closed, but you can see? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Right now? So I'm laying there in the bed, and I could see the, the silhouette of his head come into the door. Gross. And I'm like, oh, okay. And yeah. son of a bitch is going to come get me. Oh, and then he, uh, during that motion, once the head was in, his head was in, He uh, the rest of the silhouette came into the room and stood at the end of the bed oh my god I, I can't okay i'm like closing my eyes i don't know there. why it, it looked kind of the same shape as yeah but it kind of just stood there and just kind of waved back and forth oh my god and i don't know it was like a faint shadow on a shadow okay thing because okay. the room was only lit by moonlight and then there was i knew there's definitely a head that came in because mm-hmm. of the light from the hallway yeah and i was like okay nothing's happening i'm like yeah what are you doing yeah. Yen, I said some swear words. Yen, go off. Yeah. Uh, get out of here, you jerk. And I flicked the light on at the lamp, and nothing was there. <laughs> and not even the moment that I flicked the light on, Yen must have heard me yell something in the room. Yeah. And he came running upstairs, which I heard he came down the, the hallway. Downstairs. He's like, what's up? And I'm like, oh dude, were God. you just in here? And he's like, no. I'm like shaking. This freaks me yeah. out so much. And he's oh like, my no God. way, man. And I'm like, dude, you were totally just in here. You're going to mess oh with me. He's God. like, no. And I told him the story. He's like, you want to know something really weird? I'm like, what? And he's like, last week, his bedroom is in the basement. And yeah. he's got a door from the hallway that goes into his room, and yeah. then he's got a door in his bedroom that goes out of the house. Okay. He was laying down in his bed. No one was there. Someone <laughs> opened the door from the hallway, walked through his bedroom, oh my God, opened no, the door, and walked out of the house. No, 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 no. And ah. then he went, he jumped up <laughs> to see, and there was nobody oh God, there, but the door was I'm there. Done. I can't, I can't, yeah. I can't, I can't. That's just one of no, them. No, no, no. <laughs> okay, I'm glad I told mine first, because mine suck compared to those. So, yeah, it, there's the one story. Okay. Got other stories. But the one thing my sisters and I used to, and we I should call her up, um, we lived beside a school. Yeah. And um, our bedroom windows backed on. We could have her as a guest on the show. We can continue talking about She would tell the story. <laughs> we, I, I brought it up recently to her, and she totally agreed because I wasn't sure if this really happened. Okay. Uh, we backed on to a school. Uh, the DR did. Um, but the school is probably, like, from here to the other side of that parking lot. Okay. And... Um, and one year they tore up the whole playground because they were okay. going to replace it. Yep. And the night that they tore it all down 
and for like a week and a bit later, um, after midnight, you could hear kids playing in the park. Shut up! Do again. not get <laughs> out. Get, but it's like a, it was almost like ASMR. You could just hear faint kids oh like God. giggling and got, running like, around. I get like the shivers like up my spine <laughs> yeah. when you say these stories. We always wondered if someone huh? was like didn't like going out during the day with their kids or they had oh a midnight shift and they'd oh take the kids God. to the park at night. But there was no park at that time. That so it was really weird. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so not okay. <laughs> I don't. I don't handle don't worry, these. Well. I won't tell you more. But yeah, okay. I've got some more. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Well, uh, let's put a pin in that for now and move on to some events that hopefully don't involve any ghosts. Aboration. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. On March 20th, we have Homer in the Bullring to commemorate National Storytelling Day, and we're going to have classical readings from Homer's The Iliad. On March 25th, we've got the 14th annual Dasha Shankman Lecture in Contemporary Art with New York-based artist Amy Silman. As well, we've got the MFA Open Studio Tours going on the same day from 2 till 8.30, so be sure to check that out. And from March 20th to 22nd, we have the semi-annual student print sale and show going on in Zavitz Hall. So come on out and buy some art. Yeah, support fellow art students. Yeah, you know, you gotta feed them. Uh, don't forget to rate, review, share, and subscribe, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at UOG underscore arts check out uaguelph.ca slash arts for anything else arts related Woo! we did it we did um oh by the way did troy end up leaving one of his dolls here we just got off the phone with him how could he have done that i don't know then did you bring one of them in why would i have brought a creepy doll into the office Daniel? then whose doll is that behind you hmm? yeah <laughs> danielle danielle okay 